Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss. As Leandra said, welcome. Uh, Leandra is uh, our new announcer. Uh, great uh, intro that we had there. And my guest today is not my guest, but my co-host. I want to welcome uh, my co-host. Hey, this is Jamie Stegmeyer from Stillmeyer Games. Jamie, it's always great to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to I know it's been a while since we've talked about Kickstarter, so I'm looking forward to, to talking with you about it. Our last discussion was uh, a great one because it was about uh, tough love and helping people out with advice and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we always run out of time, so I'm going to try to see if we can't just jump right into our topic today. And that is, um, I want to talk about basically social overall. Social networking, social tools. I think you and I had discussed about the idea of social goals. Um, and so I thought that was a great topic because for me, social and crowdfunding are hand in hand. One has made the other possible. Right. Um, to, to the extent that we know Kickstarter. So let's talk about it. Let's, uh, let's launch into social a little bit. How important do you think social is? Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, those are the big three. Uh, Google Plus, I guess you got to throw that in there. How, how important do you think these are to a successful crowdfunding or Kickstarter campaign? Well, here's the distinction I always think of because that term, like, you know, social media is thrown around a lot now. Um, and I, I, to me, the, the important aspect of it is, is building relationships on social media. It's not just having a presence. It's not just, you know, blasting out information. It's about using that media to create relationships. So it, and that aspect, that angle of it, I think it's extremely important to Kickstarter projects and crowdfunding. Okay. And we, I often get, and I imagine you do as well, a conversation about, okay, well, I have 700 Facebook friends or I have a thousand Twitter followers. So they, people think that they've done the proper preparation for launching their crowdfunding project based on those, those metrics, those numbers. Right. Um, one of the questions I had was, is that, okay, some people use social metrics to do rewards based. You, you're the one that had brought this up to me. What, how did you describe that? Yeah. Well, I had, I guess this originated with a few different things. First, when I ran my first project, Viticulture, I had some social goals, social stretch goals. So normally stretch goals are like, you know, when you reach $25,000 in funding, you, open up a new, you, you give every backer three new cards in, in, the, in their game if, if this is a board game project. And so I had these social goals where if the project had 500 likes on Facebook, I would add in something new to the project. And recently I was having a discussion with a friend of mine who really closely follows Kickstarter, and he expressed some disdain towards these types of social goals, which I had never really considered before. I didn't, I didn't think that they could be a bad thing. Um, but he had some interesting points about how if, if you're having people like something, like, like a Facebook page, but they don't actually, they're not actually interested in the content you're putting out there on that page, then they're just diluting all the other followers of that page. Um, and I hadn't really ever thought about it that way before. What, what, what do you think about that idea of dilution when you're incentivizing people to click on something almost blindly? That's a valid, that's a valid point. Uh, I, there was an awesome video I watched about that very topic, about the dilution of your Facebook following and your ability now to reach out to those people who really do care. Right. Because Facebook, and we could have a whole topic about this, so I'll touch on it only briefly, but Facebook 
uses an algorithm to determine the effectiveness of what it shows your your uh, circles, your friends, whatever you call it, based on the percentage of people who like it or respond to it. So, for example, you got a hundred p- fans. You put something out there. Facebook is going to show it to sixteen of them. If those 16 people interact with that piece of content, comments, likes, shares, then it will increase the exposure of that type of content and continue to grow. But let's suppose you have 500 fans and only 100 of them are still those original and you got 400 of these people who just kind of jumped in. Now what'll happen is it'll show to those, it'll show to 16% of your group. Right? 16% of the 500. But the problem is, is that engagement is now going to be dramatically less because a large percentage of the people who are seeing your content aren't actually interested in it. Exactly. And and this is why you shouldn't buy Facebook followers. You should not buy buy Facebook followers. And to some degree, you shouldn't go out and, and buy. So buy is the term, but as you just said, recruit likes. Mm-hmm. From people who aren't genuinely interested in the um, the product or what what you're selling, and selling is a, a loose term meaning an idea, a Kickstarter project, a, a band, or whatever it might be. Right. And so, I ha- after that, I have discontinued liking pages on Facebook almost altogether. I get lots of requests. Please like my game page. Please like my you know, and I just don't anymore. Partly is because. I'm not a genuine fan of them. I, I'm, I'm a fan of them, but I am not going to pay attention and I'm going to dilute their stream. And also it then dilutes my own stream of content that I'm really interested in. And so that's a, that's a policy I've taken. So that's a really interesting angle that you came at it from different than the one I did. But particularly on Facebook, it's not necessarily a good thing to get more likes for your project. Right. And psychologically, that's tough because if you, if you wake up one morning and you have 10 more likes than you did the day before, you feel like that you made some sort of progress, right? But in reality, and I think my, my friend who pointed this out, I think he has a great point. And so now whenever I, I, whenever I mention Facebook or Twitter on, on my Kickstarter projects, I very specifically say, like, like my Facebook page if you're interested in these things that I write about on my Facebook page. And so I have this contingency, like this is, I tell them very specifically up front what the Facebook page is about and what they're going to get out of it. And I only ask them to like it if they actually are interested in that content. Otherwise, I would almost prefer not to have their like. That it, you would prefer not to have their like. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's going to, if they're not going to engage with your content and be that interested in it, it's actually just going to do you harm. Um, now I've got a great article. We mentioned Robert Burke in my last podcast, tongue in cheek, having a little fun with him, but he wrote a great response to that post that I made. I'm going to go uh, get that. I'm going to have him come back on the show and talk about specifically what he did some research on his Facebook and what he saw from that from a social standpoint. But yeah, I remember had, Robert during his pro, or maybe before he launched his last project, he had a really nice bundle up for people to win if they connected with the project in advance in some way. Yeah, so I, I think we need to have him come back and talk yeah. about what he did with that. Sure. Uh, um, for me, it's been a direct impact after watching that and realizing that. So on my Twitter account, I have about um, on my personal Twitter account, I have about ten thousand Twitter followers, and on my Game Whisper Twitter account, I have about five thousand, and on my personal one. 
um, over the last several years, as I experimented with Twitter, one of the things I experimented with was this idea of not buying Twitter followers, but following and then recipro- reciprocal following. Mm-hmm. Following people and then they're following you. And, and I realized that you can build up your Twitter followers by doing that. But then I realized, and this is uh, several months ago, that I wasn't getting anything out of Twitter, that Twitter had become a simply an amplification tool for me of outbound communication only and very little inbound because I couldn't read anything of my group that I was interested in. Now you can create a list, which I did, but really it was just too much effort. Um, I just wanted to read my feed. And so I went and unfollowed uh, almost in mass um, – probably 8,000 Twitter followers. Oh, wow. Um, and some people emailed me and uh, and were mad, feeling that I had done this Twitter bait thing where I followed them. But I'd followed one person I had engaged with. I said, look, I followed you for two years. <laughs> you know, don't get me. And then they're like, well, why'd you unfollow me? Because I don't like the stuff you're putting on Twitter. <laughs> and they were like, oh. And it was like, not because I was doing this, but what's happened is, is that now slowly my Twitter follower numbers are are dropping. Every day I lose about probably 20 Twitter followers because these are people who I followed and they follow me back, but that was the only connection. We didn't really have anything else. And so even there, I've started to realize that the quality, I would rather have a 100 Twitter followers that I'm very intimately engaged with rather than a 1,000 who just kind of casually pay attention and, and pollute my stream. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is so counterintuitive to what people might think, but it's, it's, I think it's brilliant. I I think that strategy is brilliant of really honing to the audience. And it goes back to relationships, really. You want to hone your audience down, the audience that you, that you follow on Twitter, that you, that you want to like your Facebook page, who are actually interested in your content, content, and that you're actually interested in engaging with them. So a piece of advice then for those who are listening. Is the, the it, you're suffering from keeping up with the Joneses mentality, and you know you are. You're looking at somebody else. You're looking at me, and I got ten thousand Twitter followers. Well, guess what? No, you can't. Don't look at me like that. And so when you're comparing yourself to these other people, Jamie, this is where it's coming from, isn't it? Is that they're feeling, oh, I'm not as good, or I need to have more. That more is better because in our entire life, until social media came along, more when it came to advertising was always better. Right. right. Just how many people can you reach? Because it was just that bullhorn approach, that shotgun scattered approach. But now with what you're talking about, the relationships that you're building, you'd rather have some really fantastic followers who are really engaged with you rather than a whole bunch of strangers who are just occasionally engaged with you. Right. Right. So, so did we answer a question about doing these social, uh, social goal setting thingies? You didn't quite answer it. Stretch goals with social. To me, I mean, I, I love the creativity behind having stretch goals that go beyond funding. And it says that a project is more about just raising money. But, uh, but I think in the end, for the, the long term, I, I think it's probably has a negative effect on the, on the brand. I, I think I agree. Although you might, I have experimented with retweet, you know, a, a retweet contest. Uh-huh. I, I gave away a game or something. Again, I was experimenting with Twitter in the early days. Um, gave away, I think, I gave away a Kindle Fire uh, for a retweet contest. Um, that one got a lot of attention. 
Uh-huh. But it was just to see what would happen if you, you know, if you motivated people to share, does it, you know, does it significantly change numbers? Can you drive behavior? Now, if you're selling widgets, it's a different story that, you know, if you can get people to actually do something, take steps to put a tweet out there that then turns into sales, okay, then I'm not going to argue with that. Right. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about collecting, collecting social connections for the sake of the numbers rather than the sake of the relationship, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if it's, I think maybe the, and this is a little tough to say, but it works well on Twitter. If you're bringing more people in, if you're, if you're, if your followers are helping to bring people in who wouldn't have otherwise heard of you, but they're people who are actually interested in what you're doing, that's a great benefit. There are people, people that's good for those people who want to hear about whatever you're making. Um, if they're coming in just for the contest, just for a one-time deal, I don't know if that has a, a positive impact. But if you somehow focus that contest, contest on something related to your actual content or your project, um, I think it can work. It can. But if you, it, when I look at Twitter, most Twitter followers, a lot of Twitter followers I stop following is if they've got 25,000 Twitter followers and they follow 23,000 people. It's like, no. Yeah. I, I'm not interested. Um, now, that's not to say they might not be legitimate because it, there's a kind of an etiquette thing. You follow me, I follow you. But I think those days are kind of over where, you know, no, I'm just going to follow people I'm really interested in. Right. And I don't want to be part of this, you follow me, I follow you. And if you don't follow me, okay, you don't follow me. And, uh, and I'm not, I'm not in a, a contest anymore to see who's got the biggest Twitter followers. <laughs> right. Right. Um, those days did exist. And, uh, as everybody was trying to stake that out and some people have millions of followers on Google or Twitter. Um, but I don't think it's, I don't think our listeners need to be worried about that. Go find your fans, go find those core fans and, and galvanize them. And I think right. we've talked about that. All right. So we answered that question. I think I'm not sure we had a good discussion about it. What else do we want to talk about when it comes to social? Anything else? You're how active are you on social? I'm, I'm pretty active. I mean, I, I try to post regularly. I try to ask questions. I think that's a big thing. I try to ask questions to get people engaged in some way. And I, I try to be there to respond to, to their answers and their comments. I think you do. You set a very high standard when it comes to responding, being responsive. Um, I know that you dedicate a lot of your time, particularly when your Kickstarter campaigns are running to being yeah. very responsive to the people who are engaging with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, it takes a lot of time though, doesn't it? It does take time. Um, do you have any tools that you use? I, I wish I had tools. In fact, you might be able to answer this outright on the air. We have not talked about this in advance. But right now, I have two Twitter accounts. I have Jamie Stegmeyer, and then I have Stillmeyer Games. And Stillmeyer Games is not there for me to use at all. I don't. All that I have it there is to capture people who are talking about Stillmeyer Games, so I can see when they talk about Stillmeyer Games. But. I don't want to use that account. I, I, I want to stay with one account. Is there a tool that can let me log in simultaneously to Jamie Sigmar and Stillmeyer Games? Sure. Uh, there's a variety of tools. Everybody has their own personal preference. I use a tool called Hootsuite. Okay. I pay $9 a month or something for the professional level or whatever it is. It allows me to log in. It logs in automatically. Uh, it's a web browser-based to, uh, I have multiple Twitter accounts. I have funding, a uh, funding the dream one that similar to you. I don't really use it to pr- produce. I have the Richard Bliss, the game whisperer. Um, I also then have t- 
two Facebook accounts, my Game Whisperer Facebook and the Richard Bliss Facebook, and I have a LinkedIn profile. All of that I manage through Hootsuite. I couple that with a new uh, Tweet This Chrome extension for my Chrome browser. It's called Tweet This. Uh-huh. And so what it allows me to do, and then, so here's the, I think I've explained this before, but I'm reading something on the web. I like it. I see something embedded in there. I see something in your blog that I really, a quote, that's a perfect tweet. I can now highlight it, right click. Um, the Chrome extension brings up this tweet this as one of the things I can do with my right click. I click on tweet this. It opens up Twitter. It takes the highlighted quote that I pulled out, sticks it into Twitter, puts the link in there automatically of the article that I'm on. But then what it does is down below, I can just hit tweet if I want, but it has something called Hootlet, which is another Chrome extension. I (laughs) click on Hootlet, and Hootlet opens up Hootsuite. I now can take that quote and post it to LinkedIn, post it to my Game Whisperer Twitter, post it to my Richard Bliss Twitter, post it to my Facebook, or I can post it to just a couple of those. I can modify it. I can schedule it, automatically schedule it to tweet later. All of that through a simple, a couple of simple clicks that allows me to now have been reading something and then just scan, right click, um, hootlet, pick, you know, the, uh, my game whisper. Maybe it's a game whisperer one because I'm usually logged into Twitter under Richard Bliss. So I pick the game whisperer Twitter handle. Boom. I hit enter. And I go back to reading. And all of that happened within a few seconds. Wow. And that's one of the things I like to use. Uh, so Hootlet, uh, Hootsuite is the one that I use. There are several other out there. Buffer is another one that's out there that I'm experimenting with. Uh, TweetDeck has been around for a while that I used to experiment with. Uh-huh. Hootsuite has some interface challenges. One of the nice things about Hootsuite that I use heavily, and we're going to run out of time me talking about this, but it's the ability to um, – I have a Google Doc – called Tweets Worth Tweeting. And as I'm reading books or I'm reading anything, I will open up this Google Doc and then just write down these quotes of information. And you maybe, if you were following me, saw that for a while there, I had a whole bunch of quotes that were coming out. Because I was reading some good books. And I was like, oh, this is some good stuff. I then, on a Sunday evening for an hour, I I take each one of those and auto-schedule it into Hootsuite for about a week to 10 days worth of content. And what that means is, is that all of this content I've been reading is going to be tweeted automatically every couple of hours during work hours over the next week and a half. Now, somebody said, well, I want to be more engaged with my my uh, social media. Well, I consider this air cover. These are things that I'm interested in that aren't specific but are general topics. And they get social, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Boom, up they go. Right. Then what happens is, is that if I, if I've posted something that engages some of my fans or followers or contacts, they make a comment that then pops up under my alerts. And now I can engage in real time, either on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn on this topic that spurred the conversation. What was happening in the past is that I discovered that all my social media was happening in bursts whenever I was awake or had a few moments. Right. And that didn't necessarily mean that everybody who followed me was awake and had a few moments at the same time. Right. So, so those are some tools. Sorry to, to, to take all of our time talking about that, but those are some of the things I've done with social. No, that's a fantastic list of tools. Ho- hopefully maybe you can put them in the, the show notes so people can uh, click over to, to use all those tools. Yeah, that'd be great. And then uh, LinkedIn is the last one that, in our last 30 seconds. 
you and I have talked about it briefly, is if go out to your LinkedIn profile and under where it says status update, look to see if you have a small pencil. If you have a small pencil, LinkedIn has uh, changed their policies. You now have the ability to do long form content, as I call it, on LinkedIn, basically a blog. Why would you want to blog on LinkedIn? Well, that's a good place for you to start blogging about business content and people can follow you who aren't necessarily connected to you on LinkedIn. So that's another great tool that I have used a little bit if you look at my LinkedIn profile. And I think, Jamie, I had just introduced you to it uh, right before we started the show. Yeah. And I think that ties into the idea of that. that's another way to reach people who are interested in your content but have otherwise probably no connection to you at all. I mean, through LinkedIn, there's connection through connections. But yeah, so I think the focus here is not on blasting information out there, but connecting with people who are interested in the things that interested in your shared passions. Yep, that's exactly that's exactly right. Yeah. Hey, we are way out of time. As always, well, it's been good talking with you, Richard. Jamie, it's been it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for uh, listening. We hopefully hope Jamie and I hope that you have uh, enjoyed the show. You can find Jamie at StoneMeyerGames.com where he has his regular blog, and you obviously know where to find this podcast. Our intro and exit music is Orientation by Bureaucratic. You can listen to more of their music at SoundCloud.com/slash Bureaucratic. Today's show is produced by Come Alive Creative. We want to thank their work, and you can find them at comealivecreative.com. Thanks for listening. Take care. Take care.